Hey everyone, just want to give you a heads up on this episode. This episode is two hours long. And the reason is, is because we just went full in depth on this movie. We didn't even really get into any behind the scenes stuff. This is more about just the plot of the film. You know, we brought up a lot of questions. And in the end, we noticed the time and was like, holy crap, it's two hours. So yeah, so, you know, this episode went long. So if you're looking for, you know, an episode on, you know, the movie Up, where we're giving you all this behind the scenes detail. It's like, this is not that episode. This is more about just the film itself and the plot. So hopefully you guys enjoy. Today's episode is sponsored by the Wilderness Explorers. A wilderness explorer is a friend to all, be it plants or fish or a tiny mole. Always looking for new explorers to join. Use promo code SNIPE for 30% off your membership. Now let's fire up those time circuits. Set it to 2009, because today we're traveling back in time to revisit Up. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. down the wrong hole <laughs> stupid hey everybody welcome back to another episode of 88 miles per hour podcast i am your host santos and today i am joined by a special guest miss M- miss madrona pianisti <gasps> that's right my <laughs> wife miss julia it's official yeah official for reals this time it is official for real <laughs> every now and again though when i'm recording Freddie always like he laughs at me because I'll say, I'm like, he's my, like, oh yeah, my girlfriend. I mean, my wife. I was like, God damn it. Cause I'm so used to telling stories and where I was mentioning you and I'm like, oh, no wife. And then he'll laugh and whatnot. But yeah, but it is official. That's right. Julia Diaz returns. Julia Diaz Madrano returns to join me in this special final episode of our adventure series. And what better way to finish off our series with one of the greatest adventure films out there up that's right pixar's up from what year <laughs> i don't remember the year 2010 this is why 20- i wish we were doing it on my computer because i have it so i could clearly look 2009 because i got it i guessed it right oh yeah there you go may 29th released may 29th 2009 it was a budget of 175 million and it grossed Seven hundred thirty-five million dollars. Now, so, did you see this movie in theaters? Yes, I did. Me too. This is, see, you know what's funny? It's like when it comes to Pixar films, except for Toy Story, the very first one, because I remember I was always watching those behind the scenes and everything leading up to the premiere that they had on E Television. They showed the awesome premiere at Capitan, how they set it up, and blah blah blah. And after that, every single Pixar film to this day. I've had no interest in wanting to see because the trailers always make me be like, meh, 
But yet when I watch it, I'm like, dude, this is a great film. I love it. So but, you had no interest in watching Coco? And all the films, like their trailers never spark like, like, oh, I want to see and I, this. And honestly, I can't even remember a Coco trailer. Me either. <laughs> like, I don't remember like us being like, oh, we got it. Like, like, oh, this looks exciting. I, I just know that um, after Cars 3, because in, there's a little, you know, how, like every film always teases the next Pixar movie. Well, in Cars 3, when they're like, he's like, he's like, guy, the driver's freaking out. So he's like, here, just put him in his own hometown. And they show like, you know, an image of him back in Mexico. But it's a, like that little plaza from up. I mean, up. God damn it. From Coco. Oh, you mean how they eat? They, they like do the Easter egg of the upcoming movie. Yeah, exactly. The okay. upcoming movie. Eh. Yeah, so they did that. So Coco, I remember that. Uh, so we saw Coco after that. But I don't remember leading into it, like seeing all these trailers. Like, oh, because like I said, every time there's a trailer, like with this film specifically at the time, um, my little brother Carlos with i remember when his girlfriend they were both like telling me like oh that movie's gonna be oh, there's this funny joke this scene and i'm like oh, okay and i remember they posted it on my myspace and i saw the clip and then i was like whatever and when i saw them in person they're like oh did you see it and i'm like hey, for, for what movie for up oh I'm like it wasn't even funny what was the joke it was um god damn it they're in the forest and it has to be related to something with the the sniper with Kevin or something, but I can't even remember. I saw it last night and I was going <laughs> to note that and I'm like, I'll remember this and I don't remember. I don't remember any of the trailers for the, any of the movies that I've seen in like the last 15 yeah. years. Me either. I actually wanted to watch a trailer. Shit. See, that's what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to look at a trailer to watch it, but I don't remember. But yeah, so we're doing we're doing up. And Freddie couldn't join us with with this whole week of Thanksgiving and everything. It was just really hard to find the time to record an episode. But I think this is going to be a great episode. Because, I'm a pretty good substitute. Yes, she has filled in many times before. But also, too. We both wear leggings. He wears a little bit more makeup than me, but I fit right in. <laughs> more so the fact that you love this movie. I do. So I thought, you know what? Because I... I, I I'm going to ask Freddie the next episode and I guarantee you he's never seen it. Yeah, he's never <laughs> seen it because like I feel like the f films that have come out later in the 2000s, he's never seen more so if they're like family Children's or kitty. Yeah. Movies, yeah, like he'd be like, oh, I've never seen this movie. Oh, this is one I missed, you know, because so he was living that bachelor life like he had no excuse to want to go see these movies. And plus, he's not one of those Disney adults either. No, he's not like he's. Yeah, he's very much like... He's too cool, honey. Yeah, he's too cool for school. <laughs> he's out there. Yeah, you know, he was out there doing his Depeche Mode thing. So so we're going to do this. We're going to give you the special... Oh, and at some point of this episode, we're going to give you the final two... Oh, it's going to be two words for the phrase that, that for our Funko contest. For it the could be at any moment. Any moment. Like right now. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do it right now. Cause no, then I it just said just... it could be right now. Yeah, it could you be. You don't know. But, yeah. That's right. It's banana sandwich. It's <laughs> the final two words. No, it's sandwich. not. No, it's not banana sandwich. I honestly wanted to get a slice of pumpkin pie and be eating it as we were recording, but I thought, I was like, no, nah, because I'm just. Then gonna... the whole time you're like, <laughs> so what did you think of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> 
<laughs> Lay <laughs> off me, I'm starving. <laughs> well, yeah, I wanted a little bit of dessert. You know, <laughs> it was a it was a special, not even a special oh, Thanksgiving. Oh wow, this pumpkin pie's good. <laughs> It is good. Have you guys ever had the Costco pumpkin pie? It's freaking amazing. Yes, we have. Oh, honey, they said they have. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay, here goes, ladies and gentlemen. So we're not going to waste any time anymore. We're going to get right into this movie. All right. So the film stars Ed Asner, you know, as Carl Fredrickson, Mr. Ed Asner. He's also, if you've watched, uh, for for the youngins out there or millennials or even, I, I mean... How everybody he plays Santa in Elf. That's probably what you would you recognize him. Which Santa? From Elf. Yeah, there's more than one Santa in that movie. Okay, the, the actual whole movie's about Christmas. The the actual Santa. Okay. Yeah, not the other Santa with what's his name that his nose from all the the cocaine that he was doing. Artie Lang, because he remember okay. when he sees he's like santa you're you're full of shame or some shit like mm-hmm. that yeah you no. sit on the throne of life yeah no he's he's, he's you're not full of shame God. i thought he did he's like doesn't he tell him you're full of shame oh i don't know <laughs> why the hell are you telling me no <laughs> okay so anyways ed so yeah ed asner is actually oh and christopher Plummer. uh he was recently in knives out he was also do you in... want to tell me a christopher Plummer plays he plays the the old man, the the guy who dies in Knives Out. No, oh, Christopher. Yes, he plays months. Okay, thank you. I thought you meant. You're what welcome, other... audience, because he's just telling us names of old farts for no reason. Hey, people listening are like, I know who that is. I don't know why they sound like their audience. And I honestly, can guarantee not one of your five listeners sounds like that. I bet you. I bet you there is. There's gonna be one listener no. to be like, I sound like that. No, I'm gonna contact you and I'm, I'm not, i didn't even do that voice earlier so when he's not killing people with sling blades he's listening to this <laughs> podcast <clears throat> yeah you know what hey you could i, I probably have a, a potato head listening why do potato heads because he likes mashed taters sling blade he also likes part of me nothing with peckers and beaks and peckers <clears throat> beaks and peckers <clears throat> <laughs> All right, and then the only other two actual uh, people in this room is D-Roy Lindo. He's a... Uh... Oh, you wanted to see who he is? Delroy? What did I say? You said D-Roy. <laughs> <laughs> that is I, like a terrible my, name. My fans know I'm terrible at pronouncing names, but he's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, I just remember him as the dad from Crooklyn. That's one of the roles that when I... That's What's a, Crooklyn? It's a Spike Lee film. Are you sure that's what it's called? Yeah. How much you want to bet? Like, watch. I just clarifying, okay? Because maybe DeRoy wasn't in that. He he was. Where is it at? It's in the it's a nineties movie. Let's see. Regardless, who does the who does what character is he? Well, he's one of the dogs, the one that has the little voice. Oh, the the he's the the Rottweiler dog, the one that's obviously an African American male. Yes, and then obviously okay. John Ratzenberg plays the construction worker who who he's the one that's in every freaking freaking pixar movie oh yes yes he's gonna okay. be like the stan lee man because at some point he's gonna die and no one recognizes him <laughs> what no that's not the stan lee because i could have bumped this into this no, guy no, no, five no, no, times no. in the grocery store you're not under- i have no idea who he you're is. not understanding what i'm trying to I'm say i'm kidding i know what you're saying he's in all these he's in like all the pixar movies no what i'm trying to say 
is that at some point he's going to pass away, right? And they're going to be just like they did with Stan Lee. Oh, before Stan Lee died, he actually already did recorded three cameos. So you knew he already had passed away. But when you're going into the Marvel films, you're like, oh, here's the ca- here's the, here's his cameos. These are the last three before he died. That's how it's going to be. But it's only probably going to be one where they're going to be like, he's going to pass away. And they're going to be like, well, he already recorded his audio. So this is the last time you're going to hear his voice for a Pixar film. I don't think anybody's going to notice. No offense. What do you mean? Because I didn't even know that was his name. John Ratzenberger? Well, you probably don't, but he it, the, he is well known for being that one guy. He's that like the voice gold... is known, okay? Of course, if, if you watch he it, you're a... like, oh, that guy's voice is in, like, in all the movies. But I didn't know the guy's name. Okay, a lot of people do more so, too, because he was in one of the biggest shows of the 80s, Cheers. So, so that's why. It's, and he's been in... That's what he's known as now. Like, especially if you're a fan of animation, you're a fan of Pixar. If we called up, you know, freaking the Kilt Guy and family and we asked them, hey, who's John Ratzenberger? I guarantee you they'd know who. I'll, I'll call right now. Don't try. All me. right. Let, you know, let's do it. I swear that we're going to do this live right now. Yeah. Live as in not live because you guys are hearing this. You know what I, mean, what I mean? This is going to be awesome. All right. Well, while she does that. Um, yeah, John Ratzenberger, he's, uh, he's their golden goose, I guess, or golden egg or good luck charm. And I think it's a golden goose. The term is golden goose. Hello? Hi, Nikki. I need you to settle a bet for me. Yes, Nikki. (laughs) Is Scotty there too? Yeah, he's right here. Okay, put, put, be on speakerphone. (laughs) Okay, got it. Okay, you hear, I'm... Julia's going to ask you a question. So this is basically, yeah, it's going to settle a bet. So go for what, it. What is my question? All right. <coughs> Do you guys know who John Ratzenberger is? Yes. Who is he? He, uh, he was Cliff from Cheers. And then he pretty much had a cameo voice in every Pixar film ever done. Whatever. <laughs> Pretty much from day one. Yeah. And you knew that too, right, Nikki? Yeah. Yeah. See, because I, she's all saying like, "Who cares about the? No one's gonna." I didn't say who cares. Okay. You were saying that the Pixar films, it's gonna be similar to like when Stan Lee passed away, where one day John Ratzenberger isn't gonna be doing cameos in these movies anymore because he's gonna. Well, he will have passed. And I'm like, no, it's not going to be the same because everybody knows who Stan Lee is where everybody doesn't know who John Ratzenberger is. Like, it's it's not equivalent. It happened with uh, Don Wrinkles when he passed and he was Wheezy. Yeah. Wait, what? He wasn't Wheezy. He was... um. Uh, oh, Mr. Potato. Yeah, Mr. yeah. Potato. No, oh, that's see, right. And what I, what I was trying to say is that... I mean, in which that part where she said... I, I honestly was there. He's going to pass away and his voice there. There is already going to be recorded. Kind of like when Stan Lee, he passed away and people are like, oh, we're not going to hear his. Ca- we're not going to see his cameo anymore. But then it became one of those where like, oh, we actually he went and recorded three of his cameos before he died. So mm-hmm. every when we saw those cameos, we already knew like, oh, he did this, and you know, before he died, you know, and I was gonna say that's gonna happen when with John Ratzenberger, though it won't be so many. It's probably gonna be like he's gonna pass away, and then Pixar is gonna announce like, oh, he he recorded his audio, so this is gonna be his last cameo he does for a Pixar film, 
and then that could be like that you know but at the same time because yeah like scott said he's well known for being that pixar guy and he does it he's like their golden golden goose so they always have him in every single film and i feel like he is important to the pixar family and i feel a lot of people did i didn't say that he wasn't i just said it's not going to be equivalent to like stanley no you just said like no one's gonna oh my i my, i guarantee you <laughs> disney people fans of disney fans of pixar animation will know who he is so that's why yeah. we called you guys john, john ratzenberg is the equivalency of stanley in the pixar world yeah see I want you to make a cameo in every single Pixar movie. So it's like how Stan Lee. But Stan Lee's known by every Marvel movie. It's like the same thing. But everyone knows like Stan Lee's face, you know, where it's like John Ratzenberger. I don't feel like he has that presence in face. No, probably not in face, but in voice he does. Because then they'll be like, oh, yeah, he played so and so in this Pixar movie. Or whatever. It's like it's like right now, like uh, David Prowse, he died today, and yes, nobody correct. really knows who he is, but he's the Darth. He's the body of Darth Vader. Yeah, and I was so, I was trying to say tell her too that probably most likely like the generation that watched sitcoms through the eighties because he was in one of the biggest shows in the eighties, and that was Cheers. Yeah, and Cheers. Cheers yeah. yeah, so he would be recognizable there for that audience. That's probably like us and above like of age yeah. would be like, so like oh. for the older audience they would know him from cheers and the younger generation would know him from the pixar films exactly and more so mm-hmm. like if if you watch um cars is probably the one film next to monsters inc where he has the most uh dialogue in a film because he plays mac the the truck and cars so he's yeah. with okay with um what's his name a lightning. lot lightning and then yeah. in monsters inc he's the abominable snowman abominable yeah abominable yeah mm-hmm. and then the other ones he just plays little bit parts okay yeah. well no he one of his other biggest parts was ham oh yeah, wait, yeah ham. Duh, that's the most obvious one the first one but I, I yeah. guess after the fact, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When when they started bringing him in to do little little bit parts, like cameos and stuff, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that's where, like, like for instance, in Up, he just plays the construction worker. It's that little part, and then that's it. He's, yeah. not, he's not a big part. I am not with him. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, we're like, in the beginning, of course, because they hired him as, you know, to play Ham. But I'm saying, like, after the fact, you know? Yeah. 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 Because even in Coco, it's probably like the old, the shortest cameo is in Coco is when he's the guy the with the, the dentist has his uh, ofrenda uh, with the yeah. teeth. He says, uh, gracias. That, uh, that's yeah. him. And that's probably the shortest cameo is just him saying gracias. And that's it. Because he can't do a, a good fake Spanish accent. Yeah. So for him, <laughs> for his teeth, he goes, gracias. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys, for settling this uh, this little bet with him, with Santos. Debate. No, wasn't debate. A yes. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I said in the disappointing sound of your voice, uh, because uh, you you lost that bet. <laughs> well, it wasn't a bet after all, was it? I said, you said it was an argument, not a bet, so I didn't lose. Debate. Me. Didn't you say bet? I said bet. 
But Santos changed it to debate. I don't know. It, well, I don't know. Either way, there's no winner. <laughs> and we all what do you mean there's no winner? I won. What are you talking about? We just we both gained knowledge, so everyone's a winner. Who gained? You gained knowledge. I knew what I was talking about. Agree to disagree. Oh my gosh! <laughs> all right. Well, thanks guys for helping settle this bet. The bet. <laughs> the bet. The bet. Is that a, is that a new singer that hangs out with Tom Green? Debat? No, he hangs out with DeRoy. <laughs> no, I was thinking because of the, right. you ain't no Miss Tom. Wise, I'll the brat. Talk to you later. All right, we'll All talk right, to you guys, guys later. Bye. Good night. Bye. So there you have it, the cast of uh, Disney Plus podcast, in which I know we have not recorded an episode since I think the start of COVID. So we're hoping things get back to normal so we could record once again. But yes, there you go. See John Ratzenberger. So, anyways, those are the people. Rats and burgers. John yeah, rats, rats and, and burgers. burgers. Those are the people that are in the film. So, let's start talking about the film because I notice you have a massive amount of no. Holy. Yes. Those are your notes? Yes. I took a lot of notes. Okay. So, then how do you want me to do this? Do you want me to just go down the plot of the film? Yeah. Because that's how I up? took my notes. Okay. So, let's do this. All right. So, right away, just like everybody, this has become a meme, but in the sense of how terrible things are. And it says, like, you know, Up tells, you know, the greatest love story in 10 minutes over, like, Twilight or something like that, right? Yeah. It always says something like that. But, yes, within this opening sequence, you get to learn, uh, honestly, the love that these two characters have with each other. But it's it actually starts off first with the newsreel. In the theater, Carl, as a child, is watching a newsreel of Charles Muntz. So, you see it. Where it's like that old, you know, 19, you know, 30s or 40s uh, little news. You're like, here in America, Charles Muntz, greatest man in the world, uh, looking for a bird and stuff like that. And he's watching this and he's like excited because like adventure is out there or whatever the, the hell. So they're, you know, he's in the theater watching that. I had never picked up on the fact that he was in a theater. Like whenever I, whenever I had watched the movie... I always thought that he was like in an assembly in school because that's how the film felt. It felt educational. Yeah. Like this is something you would see, you know, in a classroom. But then what, because this time I'm actually watching this movie with purpose to review it. I watched it through different eyes, you know, where I was more objective um, in, in what I was observing. So, that's when I noticed he's surrounded by adults. And I'm like, why the hell is he surrounded by adults if he's in an assembly? Because we don't even see him leave this room. So it's not, you know, I, I didn't pick up on the fact that it was a theater. You know, it could have been a school at the, you know, in, just because it doesn't show him leave. Yeah. It's like the next scene and he's down walking down the street. Yeah, you're right. He is. He's just on a sidewalk. Mm-hmm. That was well. That that's all I have to say. About okay. That. Well, all right. Well, I know you mentioned this. The newsreels. You were like, you thought it was a school thing because you're like, it's a it's a movie theater. Like, why are they showing that? Like, okay, back in the day, in in between movies, they used to show the news, on on in between movies, in between the reels, they would do a new a whole newsreel. So it was like, now in America, and then they would tell you what the hell was going on in the world. So they would actually do that back when in the movie theater. So a okay. lot of times you would see stuff about what was happening in like during World War Two. So the, the, that that is they do. They did show stuff like that back in the day. 
okay. you could watch a whole newsreel of whatever it was they wanted to show you. How they make a they show like a cool little thing like that in Who Framed Roger Rabbit when they're watching the Goofy cartoon. After the Goofy cartoon ends, they start showing the maroon cartoon, and then that's when you see Eddie Valiant and he's leaving, and he hears he's like, "That's it, that's Eddie Valiant." Yeah, that's what I said, Eddie Valiant. Okay. What would you think I said? You Eddie Valen? No. Uh, Richie Valens? <laughs> Anyways, all right. So so at that point, you know, yeah, he's leaving and he's walking. And here's something that I had. Um, well, oh, actually, I have notes from the newsreel. Now, the bones, the bone that he had of, of the, the Kevin that he found, that bird. Uh-huh. So they're saying that it's fake, but he knows it's real. So did he actually fake the bones or they're just saying like there's no such creature so this has to be fake because this shows scientists looking at the bones trying to piece it together being like eh, there this doesn't really work here there's not science there like like okay like so that's why like and he's saying i'm like no i i've seen this bird so that's why like did he make fake bones to say to show this or they just didn't believe that these bones would come from a creature like that because we've never seen a creature like this in our lives. Well, that that's uh, my interpretation as well. Which one? That, no, he found, like, he know, months had w- seen this bird. Somehow he came, ac- you know, had this, the, the bones of, of one of these birds that was deceased because he was never to catch one alive. Yeah. And when he brought it back, expecting it to be some grand discovery... Uh, because it's uh, maybe because of its size and there's just never seen anything like it before scientists discredited his discovery and would not accept it as a new species which is why he was you know dedicated his life at that point to capturing one alive yeah so i i mean i got that part i was just wondering about the whole bones thing because they make it seem like for, for those scientists like and what that newsreel is saying is that he like oh th- these this is fake like these you know a fraud this isn't real but 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 I think they're just saying like oh the the discovery of this creature is fake not that necessarily the bones are fake but I don't know in the video you see them working with the bones and another thing too about that video and it's just gonna come up because it, it it comes to later in the movie but months looks about what in his like late 20s maybe early 30s in that video uh he i i thought it was mid 20s mid 20s okay mid 20s how old is carl right there as a child because he looks little he looks uh, couldn't he looks like maybe around 10 maybe 10 so if he's 25 carl's an old man by the time he gets to paradise falls area whatever south america and months is still alive how old of a difference are they? Probably 15 to 20 years. So, because that's why, like, so you're thinking, because Carl, in the film, they make Carl look like he would be, like, what, 60s, right? 60 years old? So is He's he... retired, so I would say he's at least 65. 65. All right, we're going to remember that age, 65. So that would bump him. He would be 15 years older. Let's just say he was... If months was what twenty five in that video. You also got to remember genetics and activity. You know where Carl, outside of going to work, he didn't live a, a you know a particularly active life. He couldn't even walk up a hill without panting for breath. Okay, 
Okay, so this isn't like a super fit athletic guy. And in his home, he's using, he, he, he won't even climb up the stairs up his own friggin' house. He has to go up on that little electric chair. Okay. And then he uses a cane with the rubber balls, and he has multiple medications on his bedstand and down in the living room. So he's on meds because yeah. his body hurts, and he's old and elderly and infirmed. All right. So I like that. I like that, the way you're saying, because it's like, I'm going to bring this up later on as we get to that point, because I don't want to jump around in my notes, because then it just, I hate that. When jump I... up, jump up, and get down. All right. So then months would be like, because he's active, he's an explorer. He's spry. He's spry. He's very spry for his age. So he's like an old man, you know. Clean. And he's been he's... living in paradise, probably eating the most organic, and you know, fruits stuff. and yeah. vegetables. All right. Cool. Okay. Cooked by Epsilon. So, all right, so as he's walking, he he comes across a house, and it's all disheveled and broken down and so on and so forth. It's, it's a vacant. fixer upper. It's a vacant house, but he hears a little voice coming from well, that home. before we go, oh, okay, no, go ahead. Yeah, he hears a voice coming from that house. So, obviously, it sparks his curiosity, and he has a balloon with him that says the spirit of adventure. The thing is, this is the first time I've noticed this, and I don't know why I've never fucking noticed this before, that that house is the same house they buy as adults. You never picked up on nope. that? <laughs> that? I thought that was obvious. I didn't catch that. I'm like, I was like, oh, that house looks a lot like their own. I was like, oh, that is their house. Because when they buy the house as adults after they get married, it's a fixer upper, but they just bought the house they played in as kids. Mm -hmm. So I, I never, I never realized that. <laughs> I was like, oh shit! I thought I made a discovery. Like, oh look, it's an Easter egg or some shit. But no, it's like they must, they must have lived like at that, at that time. That town must have been pretty crappy. That it stayed vacant and on the market for so long. Seriously, that they were able to buy it later. Yeah. So he, he obviously goes and he. And he uh, he ventures. No, does he go inside or she comes out first? No, he goes inside because he creeps up on her. Yes, yes, he does creep up on her. And, she's... and then when he turns around and starts looking at stuff she has on the wall, she sneaks up behind him. Yeah. She... Who are you? <laughs> and freaks out. And yeah. then she starts asking, like she says, like, you want to be in the club? You have to be He's like, okay, you're in. What are you doing? Don't you know it's an exclusive club? Only explorers get in here. Not just any kid off the street with a helmet and a pair of goggles. Do you think you've got what it takes? Well, do you? Uh, uh, yeah, I... All right, you're in. Welcome aboard. And then that's when she adds the awesome Ellie badge yes. on his the little, you know, bottle cap. Great. On his shirt. Yes. And he's a part of the club. But when he got freaked out, his balloon went to the ceiling. So at that point, they're like, all right, well, let's go get this. No, before that, right? No, that's later on. So they go upstairs and he's like, you got to get this balloon. And he and this is where he gets this sense of courage because he kind of comes off like he's not like that. He's like, all right, I'm going to. Well, he wanted to impress the girl. He didn't want to look chicken shit in front of her. Yeah. So he walks her across the board and he falls. Yeah. Moment it he... looked like a very, very flimsy, like two by by six, you know, wood beam that was old. Yeah. And he just fell through it. And he breaks his arm. He breaks his arm. So he's in the. He's in his. What year is it? See, when he broke his arm because when he, the ambulance I was taking him away looked like a like an ambulance from the twenties. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's why, like, I was like, okay, so what year does up take place? If here he's probably maybe around ten, and it looks like the twenties, and then we. No, it's not. It's not the Roaring Twenties. 
It has to be. Well, I looked up the like I said. I looked the. I looked up the ambulance and I looked up nineteen am- twenties ambulances and then I looked up uh, decades after that nineteen thirties nineteen forties and the ambulance in the movie looks more closely to the ambulances from the nineteen twenties. Damn, really? Yeah, because like those. Unless that it, continuity wasn't relevant. It's n- no, it's not going to be the twenties. Here's why: sound in picture. Didn't come until the 30s. Okay. So we were still, they were still doing talkies. So there were still silent films mm-hmm. during, you know, the 20s. So you had like Keaton and all of them. So it wouldn't have been because he's watching these newsreels. Uh-huh. And there's audio. Exactly. So it had to be late 30s, early 40s, somewhere within that time frame okay. from 35 to 45, somewhere in there, this film it okay. has to happen. So I would just say, I'm going to label it as an early 40s film. Because also, too, there's no color. It's black and white. Okay. So. All right. So, yeah. Okay. So, then, at that point, he's in his in his bed. Broken arm and all. And he, a little cool, like, stick with a balloon pops up. And, and that's when she comes out and says, hey, you know. And says, like. Scares starts him. Up, startles scares him. Scares him. And then that's when she jumps in the house, in the room and starts to explain everything about where she wants to go. And this is when we're introduced for the first time about Paradise Fall and in South America. So she has her little book. No, we're introduced to Paradise Falls in South America in the newsreel. Oh, I mean, we are. But what I'm saying is that, like, I, I should have worded it better. But what I'm saying is why it's a special interest for the these two characters. Because he just watched this and thought, oh, wow, and doesn't care about it anymore. And he's just like, adventure, you know, he had no interest in ever wanting to go. That was Muntz's desire. But after he, you know, he meets her, that's where it becomes a thing for them. Because that's when she's like, oh, I'm going to go here. And this is where my house is going to be right. at Paradise Falls. So she starts showing the book. And then within the book, there's a whole like section that says things I'm going to do. Stuff I'm going yeah, to stuff do. Stuff I'm going to do. So that's when they join a club, cross my heart, they're going to, and one day they're going to travel to Paradise Falls. And as she's leaving, that's when she tells him, I like you. And he's like, wow. You know, and he, he obviously falls for he, her. He, he, has, he does this like sigh where it, it's almost like he's thinking to himself, what a woman. Yeah. And, and yeah, and it's obviously there's a love connection there because right the next scene, bah, they're married. It's just they're standing right there and they're and then you see her family who are all excited, having a good old time on their side of the aisle. And then you cut to his family and they're they're like like, basically our wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they have that, you know, bitch, wretch, bitch, bitch. Fuck. I can't even say resting fish face. Yes. (laughs) Bitch resting. No, what is it called? Resting resting. face. God damn it. Whatever. <laughs> all right. It's um the resting bee face thingy. Whatever it's mm-hmm. called. They're all meh. They're know. all just like really somber, somber, like stick up their butt type people. Don't know how to cut loose. Have fun. Yeah. And and the other side was like my family. Exactly. They're like right there. They're like she. Lively. The way she is. She's because she's an adventurer. She's a live the, wire. Exactly. And then you got this guy and they're there. Then that's where they have a job together at the zoo where she's like the. Um, she what? probably does the tours. Yeah, and the animals. Around. She knows about animals, uh-huh. and he just sells balloons. Yeah, you know, it's and like every- don't talk to the don't talk to the to the attendants. Just sell the freaking balloons, Carl. 
Yeah, and every day they're all getting, you know, ready. Get ready together. And so on and so forth. And you see their love happening where they're going to the parks together. It's a, it's, a, they, it's a really beautiful little montage. And all of this scene right here, none of it has any form of dialogue. No. Everything is done by the music. So, and what I... Very similar to how movies would have been back when, where, you know, they there was no dialogue. Exactly. And what I love about this is, like, this scene is that when it comes to the music, because the, the music is very important. Yes, it sets a tone. Exactly. And what I love is, like, when, when you see that happening, the music is very happy and bouncy yes. and up, you know, um, because of their, they're in love, they're having a good time. And at one point, they're on the, the, you know, the grass in a picnic. They're looking up in the sky. Carl sees a baby. And then that's when, you know, Ellie looks up and sees tons of babies. At that point, they know, like, oh, they want to have a baby. But then... They want to have a family. Yes, they want to start having a family. They want to start having a family. And then it cuts to the doctor's office. Mm -hmm. And the music changes with the scene. So... It's no longer happy, so it starts to drop down and the music gets slow. And then we cut to the doctor's office where you see her crying. Doctor's talking to her and you just see the image of a, a pregnant woman in the background. Because it's this is an OB office. Exactly. And we're not told as to what's happened, but obviously something what happened. Now, I here's one of those questions that I know... It's probably answered, but I haven't researched or looked this up in a long ass time. So I don't remember because very long ago in Old Brothers Bear, we got asked this question and we tried to answer this. And I know now the answer is online. So did she lose her baby or did she or they just can't have kids? See, me, because I've personally experienced um, multiple losses, uh, I felt like this, uh, for them, it was an issue of infertility. Just the, the setting and how they were in there. Um, because I, that's not how I found out that my, my baby's passed. You know, it's like you find something happens and you go to the emergency room, you know, and that's where things happen. It's like, when you, I don't know. I just, I just, I always thought that it was infertility related. Would, would, you know, for us before wanting to have a kid, would we make a nursery first before we even start trying? Because they have the nursery first. That's the thing. Okay. okay, But because we're people, we're optimistic. And remember, this is a different time time in place yeah where to, in today's society you know it's even though it's still taboo it's less taboo and we're, we're more open and there's more dialogue and discussion about infertility and miscarriage and all those things were back when it was not talked about at all and it it back when you know people got married and immediately started families it's just the the way the way that life progresses so of course they them, would start ready, you know, being room. optimistic. They probably just thought, "Oh, we're gonna just start having babies." Yeah, you know, it's like we're ready. We're gonna have them, so it's gonna happen. Because I know for me, I start like, I, I I started buying baby clothes when I turned eighteen because I knew I was gonna be a mom, 
and I was going to have a baby one day. And I started buying little girls' clothes and kept them in a little container until that little container turned into a bigger container, turned into like your what, your, the, the like 10-gallon storage container filled with girls' clothes for a little daughter that, you know, we're, we're never going to have. And I eventually, you know, after I came to terms with, after we found out the sex of Remy and I came to terms with the fact that we're never having a daughter, I gave all that clothes away to my brother for my goddaughter, you know, so that it'll go to it'll go to use yeah but i mean even like with you and i for instance when you after we had been together we had been together at least a year and i bought a little batman outfit that we put on remy just a couple days ago and we put that same outfit on milo when he was you know a newborn as well because i i was hopeful and I was optimistic and I knew that, you know, if things kept going along the way they were, I knew how I felt about you and I knew what I wanted in the future. And I bought that little outfit, you know, with faith and hope that one day we would be putting that on our child and we put it on, bo- on both of our children. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we weren't planning a family then, but I knew that that was something I wanted with you. Yeah. I guess because like when it comes to that and like where the debates were, um, it was always like, no, she she's like she can't have kids. She's infertile. Like, so she's not able to have kids. But then the other part is, yeah, but they she lost a kid because they're she's they're they're they have they're getting a nursery ready. So why else would you be getting a nursery ready if you're not if you don't have a kid coming and so there's always that debate online because like with you you're using just clothing the clothing would be easy to be like well because i didn't have my own place but i guarantee you that if i had a home with a, a, an extra bedroom that could have been served as a nursery that would have been an i would have started setting that up as a nursery from the start you know because that's that's always the question again with that comes to that film is could she couldn't she i always believe that she just couldn't have kids. Because, I mean, there's been so many other movies where there's couples where it's like, oh, they're house shopping or whatever. And the the woman just happens to casually mention like, oh, this would make a good nursery. And it's like, are they having a baby at that moment? No. No. It's a bit, you know, it's they're like, that's a, it's a possibility. It, it's the, the potential. Plus, it's, it's for the story. Yes. They, it's going to make. I mean, but God damn it. They, this is probably one of the more darker of like, I, I mean, I don't know, like. Pixar films, like, Toy Story doesn't have anything really, like, I mean, by the third one, that goddamn bear was going to burn the hell out of these other toys alive. So that was pretty dark, but it didn't happen here. We actually get some real-world scenarios in this where she can't have a baby. You know, they, they're they mm-hmm. not going to have kids. And that that's what leads to this whole Paradise Fall becoming now a reality them because it was always something they envisioned as kids oh it's something to talk about but but here it's like you know carl was like oh this is what we need to do because you see this this just this is beautiful shot of ellie sitting in a chair and she's outside Mm -hmm. and then carl comes up to her and then that's where it starts leading to the fact that you know what we're gonna do we made this promise when we were kids crossed my heart 
and we're going to save up money to go to Paradise Fall. So they get that cool little, it's not a mason jar, but like that milk jug. What is it, that? Well, I had a wine jug <laughs> that looked almost exactly like that. And I used it and I had it for years until Milo broke it, what, last year? Yeah, Milo broke broke that freaking jar. <laughs> because I had that jar uh, for Owen's fourth birthday. Yeah. Yeah. His fourth birthday, and you did it all themed I We did up because Owen, that was, um, you know, he goes through movie phases, and he went through an up phase, and leading up to his fourth birthday, up was his favorite movie in the whole wide world, and he'd watch it every day um, on repeat, multiple times a day. So for his fourth birthday, I I themed it up. Um, I made a life-size Kevin. I tried to make it to scale. Um, his pinatas were a giant um, wilderness explorer badge, and the up house uh, with the balloons was also a pinata in itself. The cake was li- was Paradise Falls with a little tiny house on top. Um, I dressed up in you know Ellie attire, you know, it was this white and yellow dress with a little white cardigan, and I made Owen the sash, and I got him a yellow shirt and a hat and. No, I didn't get the hat. I did. No, no. yeah, I, I feel like he's wearing a hat. No, I don't remember. No, he's hat. not wearing the hat. Um, but he does have the sash, and I got him like a little backpack with accessories, and he was basically my little wilderness explorer. Yeah. And that was that was a really cute part. That was a really cute party. I was very proud of how everything turned out, and I made some mock tickets, like plane tickets, to Paradise Falls with the date of the birthday they're, party. They're still there. I we still have, have them. Have, still yes, have that. I still have if, them. If it wasn't for Milo, we would still have that jar yeah. that was actually filled with money. It was. It was, change, <laughs> it was a bill. buttload of change in yeah, there. You know, and yeah, it's like, cause you all about attention to detail. I will. I will be posting those pictures on our instagram and our facebook page of the kevin of the tall ass kevin and and whatever other i know i know they're on my computer some other photos from the ups uh going back to the film they they start they build this they have this plan so they start saving money but every time they get to the point just like with everybody in reality sorry for the ad um something happens that causes them to keep uh having to use the money so because of that, it, it, they just time goes by and they get old. And like they he just breaks forget. an arm. They need a new roof. They need a new tire. It's like the money just it always goes I think to the something roof else. One was the worst out of all of them. Yeah, that one would have cost the most. God damn! It like almost it like goes almost through the whole house. So it's just all these things that makes them never get to spend the money and go on a vacation. And it's so true. It's like you have all these plans and then you know bad luck hits you. So they 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 get old. And they always have this routine of them cleaning the house together. And then that's when Carl, as they're cleaning, he starts going through their old Paradise Fall section as them and kids. He's dusting. Yeah, he's dusting. And it hits him. Oh, you know what? I remember we had this idea. He looks back and he looks at Allie. And he's like, you know, she's getting old. I'm old. We need to do this. I'm like, I have to just, you know, just throw my hat over the wall and go for it. And that's what exactly what happens. He, he goes, goes to a travel agent. Buys a ticket. Buys and tickets he wants to surprise To Venezuela. Her. So I guess that's where Paradise Falls is located in Venezuela. Yeah. Is so. Venezuela South America? Geography is not my strong suit. I have no idea what I've Venezuela never been is. good at geometry either. But it's Yeah, just he like... sucks at math and geography. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Um, but yeah, so he buys the tickets and they're going to do the picnic like they always do. 
But unlike in the original part where she runs up the hill and he's like struggling to get up there. Puffing and puffing. It's the other way around this time. He's up at the top and she's trying to walk up and she can't make it. She collapses. She collapses. So it goes to show that trying to go up that hill basically killed her. No, it's just. I know. I'm kidding. (laughs) I hate you. No, something's up. Something she's in the is hospital. ailing her. Yeah, because she's in the hospital, and obviously his plan. Now, does he get a refund on the tickets? What happened with that money? He bought plane tickets. Most of those tickets are non-refundable. So or he... you have to put down like, or sometimes like a deposit is put down, and the deposit is non-refundable. But I know plane tickets nowadays. If you don't buy the insurance, which like is an is like an extra, you know, fifteen percent of like the ticket price, you don't get your money back. Yeah. So then they he just he probably got, is just out that money. Fuck that sucks. And this whole time they've been trying to save to go on this trip, and now he just god damn it he just maybe he traded him in for her coffin. <laughs> I mean he had to pay for a funeral right afterwards. Well that's true because the next scene after he gives her the book though, she has his book planned out because we find out later on in this awesome reveal. Well here here's okay okay he gives her the book. But she gives him the book back. And what I had never noticed before is that Ellie adds all those pages in the scrapbook at the hospital before she died. Yeah. She scrapbooked it while she was on her deathbed. Yeah. Because on her on the side of her table in the hospital, there's a roll of scotch tape and there's like markers or something right yeah. there. So when he gave her, gave her the book in the hospital... I, I mean, she. I guess she had the memorabilia with her and decided to add the pages and gave it back, but he didn't look at it anymore. Look, there's someone in their life that exists that we never see that is a part of their, their life, their family, The person whatever. who took the pictures. Yeah, so, because when he when he goes through that goddamn book, at one point, like, literally... Unless they have a tripod, I guess. But, I mean, a lot of those moments look really candid. Exactly. Like, unless, like or, or were they an Instagram couple before that was a thing? It's like, honey, <laughs> pretend I said something funny. Ah, ha, 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 picture. Exactly, because that's what I was wondering. Like, when Carl, later on in the end, when he finally realized, like, oh, wait, there's more to this book, and she did all of these things... It's like, oh, here's the, cause she had she had things she wanted to do when she was a little kid, stuff I'm going to do. So these are all my things I'm going to do. Well, her life changed completely, but yet she still had an amazing adventure because the stuff that she did is everything with him. So that was her adventure. So she had all this stuff. So he's going through the book, seeing all these photos. Paradise Falls at that point becomes a metaphor for like. Just paradise in general. And her life with him was paradise. Exactly. And that's why she leaves that little quote at the end. Thanks for the adventure. Now go have another. Yeah. And, and you know, so. But when I'm watching those photos, I'm like, who took all these pictures? Right. Like, who's, who's the friend? Who's the one taking all the photos? So whoever took those photos is the person who brought her all these photos while she was in the hospital. And why wasn't there more family in these photos? It's just them two. That's us. Cause that... <laughs> it's like COVID right now. If you go through my just... phone, you will see pictures of game nights, of when my relatives come over to visit us, because I have family. Exactly. And then my family, you know, they come from far and wide, you know, to come and see us here at our home. You know, I have family from Lancaster and Van Nuys and L.A. and, you know, my uncle in West Covina. I mean, they come... Well, before COVID, they would come at least, you know, every That's other week. That's what I'm saying. I made that comment of COVID because of, like, oh, maybe they're, it's very, but, you know, they don't have that excuse. 
So and and then plus, you just, she had a big lively family exactly. that looked like they loved each other. They're ha- so happy. So they for, would be there all the time, hanging yeah. out, visiting, and just because they didn't have kids didn't mean they weren't gonna have gatherings anymore. Like their his side of the family would be like my side of the family. They ain't never gonna visit unless you go visit them. Yeah. And their side was like, oh, they're always gonna come over. It's gonna be hard for them not to like stop coming over on the weekends. We just need a break. Like it's gonna be one of those situations because mm-hmm. they're always visiting. Yet in all these photos, it's just them two. Like, I know you and I have photos, but there's moments where, like, they're doing stuff that you would think, like, the birthday party. How is there not anybody else in there? That's one thing that I thought was weird. Like, did I not notice it? But I felt like I didn't see anyone in the funeral parlor. There, well, okay. Was there no, 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 in the no. Parlor? There wasn't anybody there. But I, I, this is where I would be. I understand this scene. Okay, because it's like one. What what's cool about this is that it was this the image that went around uh, years ago that I was like, oh shit, and it was like, oh, the same place they got married is the same place they had the funeral. So it's this like, is a small town. They probably have just the one chapel. Yeah, so that's like it's 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 it's, it's a small chapel. Cute, but like it's also like a somber. I'm like, oh wow, like because this is where the most happiest day of his life is now. This place is the most the worst day of his life because now he's having the he lost his wife but i'm thinking him sitting there by himself is just after everybody's gone he's just there it's kind of like that scene from tommy boy where after tommy he's just by himself and he's walking after the funeral and he's you see him with all the trees and all of that Mm -hmm. i felt like this is what that scene was where like everybody's gone already They've but already, I mean, like, they've already they've already established that when in the next scene he wakes up in bed alone, like he didn't have to be alone in the funeral home. For me, that made me feel sad as like she looked like she would have had a lot of fr- made a lot of friends in life. Like she died and nobody. I mean, they they worked their entire lives in one single place and they didn't have any other coworkers that missed her afterwards that would have came to pay their respects. If, if like if she had kids... no family and no friends that came to, to, to like pay their respects. Like that wasn't believable for me. If the kids weren't in our lives, if it was just you and I and you passed away after everybody was left, I wouldn't want to leave because the moment I leave, that you're gone 100 percent. even though you already had passed away it's just there like i would want to stay there for as long as possible to be there so after everyone's gone i i that's why i can see that scene happening in real life because i wouldn't want to leave so that's why for me that is realistic i know how your family and everybody but i can see that happening for me like yeah they're gone everyone's gone and i would still be there by myself just knowing that i'm gonna be driving home without you and that so that's why so i i i i can see that scene being a real scene with carl because i can picture myself like yeah that's what i would do too you know but that's if the kids weren't around they didn't exist or they were just older or whatever. But right now, if that happened now, of course I would have to go because I would have the kids with me. So you wouldn't see me sending, but here they didn't have kids. It was just them too, you know? And that, that's, that basically became his life because his whole life was her, yeah. you know? And the photos established that, that it's just them too. So that all he knows is her and 
So that's why he's like, I'm where where am I gonna I'm not gonna go. What she was my life. And at this point he's just living, I guess, um not borrowed time, but this he's just living just to live. But he's not really living at right. this point, you know? And yeah, because after this, like she dies, the music again, it, the music completely changes and that's it. And that's literally our our intro and introduction to where we are in the film. Right. Carl wakes up, old man, because he gets out of bed and he's like Ah, all that cracking his bones and so mm-hmm. on and so forth and you're right having to take the freaking stairs the the little chair from like gremlins the chair going all the way yep. down yeah and he goes outside and you see now their their nice empty area with residential is now in their middle of the city and they have these, it's like, a metropolitan area now yeah and the the construction crews and they want to buy the house because they just want to build a complex apartment who knows what the hell they want to build they want to expand on whatever is already going on around and here. that's where we get john ratzenberger he's like hey mr frederickson how you doing and you know my boss wants to buy your house so on the and so double what he offered last time yeah and he's like you know and he obviously teases him like you know like but no he's not gonna get the house and after that, you know, it's like we we later on or within that time frame, we're introduced to a new character. We hear the knock on the door and what happens? That's when we come out and it's uh, freaking Russell. He's like, hi, uh, dear, whatever. What he say? I wish I wrote down his line because he says it like five times in a yeah. row. And at one point he just gets like, go on with it. Just mm-hmm. tell me. He's like, do you need any help? And he's like. And he just, just to get rid of this kid, he's like, well, there's this bird. He eats my arugulas. And he's like, oh, he's like, oh, why? The bird does not eat his arugulas. That's what the, he said. He's, he's elderly and infirmed. And this bird eats his azaleas. Azaleas. What the hell are arugulas? Arugula, arugulas what people eat whenever there's an E. coli scare with spinach. <laughs> well, I don't know. But Russell comes in and that's when he says like, oh, he's like, if only there. He's like, me, me. You know, and then that's when he sells him. He's like, but you got to. Good afternoon. My name is Russell, and I am a wilderness explorer in Tribe 54, Sweat Lodge 12. Are you in need of any assistance today, sir? No. I could help you cross the street. No. I could help you cross your yard. No. I could help you cross your porch. No. Well, I gotta help you cross something. Uh, no, I'm doing fine. Good afternoon. My name is uh, Russell, can, can, and I am a wilderness explorer in Tribe 54. Slow down. Wet Lodge 12. Kid! Are you in need of Thank any Thank you, but I don't need any help. Proceed. Good afternoon. Let's skip to the end. See these? These are my wilderness explorer badges. You may notice one is missing. This is my assisting the elderly badge. If I get it, I will become a senior wilderness explorer. The wilderness must be explored! Go, go! It's gonna be great. There's a big ceremony, and all the dads come, and they pin on our badges. So, you want to assist an old person? Yep. Then I'll be a senior wilderness explorer. You ever heard of a snipe? Snipe? Bird, beady eyes. Every night it sneaks in my yard and gobbles my poor azaleas. I'm elderly and infirm. I can't catch it. If only someone could help me. Me, me, I'll do it. Oh, I don't know. It's awfully crafty. 
You'd have to clap your hands three times to lure it in. I'll find them, Mr. Fredrickson. I think it's Burroughs two blocks down. If you two go blocks down, got it. I made some observations while watching that. Okay. When, okay. We never hear Russell's last name. No. Which I'm like, I, I would have liked to have known his last name to give yeah. him a little bit, a little more sense of identity because clearly he, he, I got the impression he was a biracial child. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Russell is on his little sash. He has so many badges and we've been made aware in this movie we are made aware that each badge is handed at a ceremony yeah. where the the father must or purse someone needs to be present to get this badge and pin it on the sash. He has all those badges. So did his dad pin those badges? And it's just at this point in time where the dad doesn't want to be around anymore or is too busy for him? Huh. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because that, I, I mean... The father is obviously... Okay, so we do know they're obviously separated. They're divorced. Yes. Because he's already with someone new. Phyllis. Phyllis. He's already with someone new. And so at some point, he was there for that. but And, and then it, it just stopped. Mm-hmm. So it could have been one, his mom having to do it. Or he doesn't have anybody, so they just give it to him anyways. Because they're not going to be like, oh, if you If that's the case, though, at the end, they wouldn't have stood there looking all flabbergasted when there was no one behind Carl. Oh, yeah. Because there was an awkwardness and when they're like... No one behind Russell. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Because then it, if this is like a, a norm for them for a few badges already, it would be like... They would already just be pinning it, mm-hmm. and it would be Carl. Hold on, hold on. I'm here for the boy. And they're yeah. like, oh. So then they hand it to him. So it shouldn't have been like, unless it's always Russell having that, oh, my dad's going to come. No, he, my dad's coming. Because oh, what movie is it or show where someone keeps saying, yeah, my dad's coming. My dad's going to be here. But they they never show up. But they, like he always. That does sound familiar. That rings a bell. But I can't, yeah. I yeah, can't put either. my finger but on like, it. But I, like, I mean, maybe that's what it is. But yeah, like we never get a last name. Of the character. I love how, like, we love the hell out of this movie, but we're completely just questioning every single stop. (laughs) I'll be like, wait a minute, what would have this? But, I mean, that's why when, like, I record with you, it's just questions galore. When I record with Freddie, Freddie's like, I didn't really pay attention. Because you said that last episode. (laughs) I don't know, man. I'm just watching it for what the movie is, you know. But, but yeah, it's like Russell shows up. So he's able to shoo him away because he's look. he tells him he's looking for a snake. And you gotta clap your hands three times mm-hmm. and say what Snipe. Snipe, yeah. And here's Snipe. Snape, that's a different movie with yeah, wizards, yeah. okay? Snipe. And he goes, Here's Snipe, Snipe, you know, and he walks away and he thinks like ha But when he he does this and if it wasn't for Russell, this this scene would have never happened because he would have never opened the door and saw this happen. Because he's the door's open, Russell walks away, he's about to close the door and he sees the tractor backing up. And when he so sees, this is like one of those butterfly effect things. Exactly. Okay. Having opened the door caused this scenario for him to get kicked out. Because if this would never happen, he would have never moved out. Because they could clearly tell there's no way of coming. Of, of, he can't get this place. Because the yeah. boss wants this house. Mm-hmm. And he's never going to sell unless he dies. So the, the, the other guy's just going to wait him out. He's like, well, yeah. he'll die at some point. And then we'll destroy this place. Right. But the mailbox gets pushed over and crushed. 
And that's when the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's just trying to help him. Carl's pulling it from him. And, and he both... assaults him. Exactly. he's a menace to society. Exactly. Hits him in the head. And he, I mean, he hits him pretty hard because he freaking breaks the skin and he's bleeding. That's like one of the few times we ever see blood. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because there... Disney does not like to show blood. No. So I'm like trying to think, is there any other Pixar film? No. There, yeah, because I don't think anybody bleeds in The Incredibles. Because even in Pocahontas, Cocoam gets shot, and you never see him bleed. You never see a gunshot wound. Nothing. They don't show. Disney doesn't like to show blood. No, they don't. And then sometimes deaths, you just see shadows. You know. And a lot of people just fall to their deaths. Exactly, like in this film. You know, we'll get to that later. But yeah, we actually do see blood in a freaking mm-hmm. film. And that's when you see the boss, the, the call. The e- evil vampire-looking guy. He's like yeah. the palest person. They gave him no pigment. And he's no like albino white. No expression. Wears nope. his shades. And he's on his phone and right away just hangs up on whoever it is. And the, the part that's just like, he knows. I got you, old man. I got yeah. you. Was when Carl runs in the house. And he puts his hand on the the fence yeah and all he's doing while everybody's it was really sinister yeah because everybody's tending to this the guy injured guy he's just staring straight at the house mm-hmm. and that's why like you know he's saying like i got you you old man like you damn bastard like this place is mine and yeah gets a court summons in which it makes me wonder would the outcome been different if carl stayed out there and said oh i'm sorry i apologize could have been but instead he ran away from this from the situation so of course the cops say you just assaulted and ran off because he was scared so, like, but again, if Russell never knocked on the door, he would have just heard, like, you know, maybe he would not have heard it, and he would have walked out. He's like, ah, oh, damn my mailbox, and he would have just fixed it himself, so he would never saw it. So that, that thing, but obviously that happened. He goes to court, and when he walks into the courtroom, we got those, those businessmen. And, and they're wearing sunglasses in the courtroom. That would not happen. You are not allowed to wear sunglasses in a courtroom. No. At all, or why the hell would you wear sunglasses indoors? Because they're cool. Yeah, they're they're. I'm telling you, their future's so bright. They got to wear shades. Exactly. You know, I mean, hell, I I once did some uh, some PA work for the. They were shooting a bunch of PSAs. It was during the time the BET Awards was happening. You're just throwing lots of acronyms. You must feel very special right now. P say with the PA and the BET, the BBDs. Oh, and BBDs and BLT and the <laughs> PB and J. Um, there's a scene like that in freaking uh, Good Morning Vietnam. I'll probably throw it in there as a clip. But anyway, former VP will be here on Friday. <laughs> I expect every minute of the VP's PC to be taped and broadcast within 12 hours of his arrival. Something funny, garlic. Now perhaps you'd like to share it with the rest of us. No, sir. The former vice president is a delight, sir. Excuse me, sir. Seeing as how the VP is such a VIP, shouldn't we keep the PC on the QT? Because if it leaks to the VC, you can end up an MIA, and then we'd all be put on KP. Um, yeah, so uh, they all this all the people that were going to be performing and presenting, they were they were coming in to record a PSA about voting, and this was going to be for I think it was um, yeah, it was uh, the second go around, not not the first time, but it was with John Kerry and Bush. It was yes. that, it was that one. So they were they they were coming in and they're recording like make sure to go out and vote mm-hmm. rock the vote or well, not rock the vote because it was a bunch of rap artists. Mm-hmm. So and it was already evening already. We were in this hotel suite, big old area, and we had all the gear set up. And it was nighttime. We're indoors, 
and I swear to God, every single rap artist, minus like maybe three three separate ones, were wearing shades. And I was like, what the hell? I, I was, it's nighttime, and they're wearing their shades. Like, all of them was like, and I'm like, that's fucking stupid. Like, why are they? And I'm like, that's dumb. And I'm like, no one's going to tell them, like, why are you wearing your shades? Like, take them off. Don't be an idiot. You're, you're indoors, and it's night outside. Like, so that means they got out of the car in shades and it's nighttime. So I don't know. I thought it was stupid, but yeah, these, these guys are in there. So at that point he gets sent to shady acres, you know, it's a, it's a retirement place and that, you know, and I, I, it's basically a plea deal. You know what it was, was like either you serve jail time for this assault or we'll drop the charges, but you have to go to North folks home. Yeah. Because you're a menace to, to society. Yeah, so he, he took, I guarantee you, he took the plea deal because he's like, because I feel that's what it was. Because it's like, that was that, that's why he's, I felt that scene when he's staring at him. It's like, I got you. Now I, now I know what to do. I'm going to send you to jail or, you know, I really don't want to send you to jail. I just want this place. So I know he'll take the he'll take the plea deal, you know. So and that's what happened. So these two guys come and they're like, all right, well, we need to take you away. They're like the, the nurses, you know, the to help him he's like yeah he's like just give me a little bit i want to you know freaking say my goodbyes so when they walk away they see a bunch of air canister or like the helium tanks on yes. the floor it's like man you would think this old man would take care of his house mind you there's there looks to be only like a dozen tanks it would have yeah. taken way more than a dozen tanks to inflate all those balloons he had and that size of balloon yeah, because when it's floating in the air, because those were not like your 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 standard latex, because these balloons held helium and stayed af- adrift for three plus days. Yeah, and your your standard pla- uh, latex balloon will not hold helium for that long, or he- like it 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 will descend. Mm-hmm. So, and aside from that, they look to be bigger than your standard 12 incher. Like this looks like a 24 inch balloon. Yeah. Cause there's a part I like, I, I, we pointed it out as, as the house is flying in the sky, I was like, look at how big those balloons are. And then we put it in ratio to the window in the house. And we're like, dude, that, that balloon is as big as the window. Yeah. So these balloons are huge. And you're telling me this guy who can't go down the stairs, who aches and backs and everything, like, ah, cracks, pulled this off overnight? By himself, with only 12 tanks. Exactly. Like, how the hell did he pull this off? Because that's why, like, I'll bring it up now. You, you, like, I was, you know, you mentioned earlier how he's, a, he's an old man, he's a people old man, like, with the age compared to freaking months. Yes. At one point, they get found. Like, they don't get found out, but I'll, I'll get more into detail. They're being chased. How the hell is this old man able to outrun dogs? I, I, w- I was asking myself the same thing. Yeah. Like, that's why. Because I have it. How did a feeble old man pull off all the balloons? That's literally my note. You know? And then, you know, with, at that point, they float away. It's a cool little scene. It's, you know, they float away. It's it a- was, o- that scene was always Owen's favorite scene. Yeah. The moment that he releases the balloons and they're flying through the, and it's, it's first flying through the city and you can see the colors coming into the, the rooms of like other. The uh, little girl. Yes. The little girl's room. Owen would like freak out and he'd be like, mama, 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 it's happening. It's happening. Mama, come look, mama, it's happening. Every single time. 
it was his favorite scene and I he had to like scream and call me to come in the living room and watch that scene with him and compared to there it must have been in production because Toy Story 3 came out I believe in what is it oh Lotso was in the girls room yeah 2013 and this movie was 2009 so it goes to show they were in production with that film from that point from there right so that's why Lotso was there the mm-hmm. the bear is in that scene but yeah it's a very beautiful colorful scene and he's flying up and at one point he's in the sky he's away he got away mm-hmm. he pulled it off and then he hears and he's like the f-? <laughs> like what the f-? i'm in the sky who the hell's knocking and he opens the door in which i don't know how is even possible because there's scenes of the i was house wondering outside. how the hell russell was on the porch when the elderlies went up to the door and nobody was on the porch at that moment. And then the house takes off. At what point did Russell sneak on the porch? Yeah, because there's even scenes of the house flying through the city. And there's no Russell. There is no Russell. So where the hell was Russell? Because out of a nowhere. A figment of his imagination. Exactly. Because a lot of people. All right. There's this short story that they they believe. People believe in, in which the person who did this short story tried to sue Disney, but because Disney is freaking who they are, and this person is who, like, they didn't have the money to fight the resources, so yeah. it just went nowhere. But they wrote a short story of, the, it's basically the exact same thing, where it's this old person, and they live in a little house, there's the city, something happens, and in order for them to get away, they do the exact same thing. They put balloons and everything, and they fly away. Mm-hmm. And they're flying away, but in reality, it was this person all in their head after then they they passed away but that was their i'm gonna get away Mm -hmm. you know and it's like it's basically the whole beginning of up with this house and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. and it 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 plays off the same thing so it's like we're like what if you know some people have theorized that in reality that night when car went home to his house he died in his sleep Mm -hmm. so all of this is kind of in his head and in heaven and blah 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 so, but I, you know, because it's like, oh, well, how would he pull out? Uh, oh, that's why, because it's all, this is like an extension of like heaven and mm-hmm. like, it's all in his head, blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. I'll just play it off as it really happened. And yeah. So how did Russell get on the freaking, you know, but he wants to, I, I, I always love it because Carl constantly says no. Yeah. So he asked him, can I please, I Mr. Frederick, he's like, can I please come inside Mr. Fredrickson? No. No. Please let me in. No. And then he just closes the door. <laughs> and then that's when he's like, oh, okay, come in. And he, like, uh, quickly runs in. And he's, like, all scared, like, freaking out. And he's like, god damn it. Like, oh, all right, I have to go back down. So he's, like, fine. And he's, like, so he's about to start cutting down some balloons. And then his little earpiece, he's, like, the kid's talking. So he turns them off to ignore him. But that's when the little kid's, like, telling him. You could see the captions if you're yeah. reading them. He's like, oh, something's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And the then cumulus clouds. Yeah, and it's a storm that's coming. And that's when he, he like, the he, the thunder happens. He's like, what are you doing over there? And he turns around and he's like, oh, crap. And it's a whole Wizard of Oz thing because it really plays off like the Wizard of Oz. They're being tossed around in the storm, this and that. And then it goes, just like Wizard of Oz. And then the next shot, they're in Oz, where here they actually somehow... How fast is this house traveling and how many hours would it take for this house to get all the way to Venezuela? It's like they're in a, this like I was like, is this story taking place like in New York? Like where 
where does where do cities like this exist you know where the with buildings like that like la seattle maybe you know i don't i don't travel much um like new york it wouldn't where be la else? because la doesn't have a wide variety of that many skyscrapers, that skyscrapers like skyscrapers. that where um the only like i don't know if phoenix or texas like because i'm trying to think of ones that are closer to the border heading down to like Mexico and keep traveling down to South America. Cause is it that the Russell's, he uses a GPS to basically yes. get them there. Right. Yep. So it's because of Russell. Because Carl didn't even have a compass. Like how did he know which way to go to get to Venezuela? Exactly. So they get there because of Russell. So the storm, because he even them. steers it because Carl falls asleep. Yeah. And then that's when he tells him like, Oh, we got there using my GPS. I know we're in South beep, America. Boop, 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 boop. And then he, gets happy and it throws it out the goddamn mm -hmm. window so they lose their gps and it flies out the window so they're there mm -hmm. but he carl just doesn't see it that way because he's an old man he doesn't know what the hell i think he calls it earlier like a gbs or something like that like he calls it something funny so he's like all right well you know what we're gonna have to get you a bus he's like oh that's gonna be a lot of transfers yeah and oh the we missed the scene that always makes me laugh when he first finds out he has carl on the roof there's like, wow, look at all these buildings. Like they're and in, in his head. Oh, he pictures himself. He like ties them to the hose or something. And he's trying to it's lower like him onto the bed, top of like sheets or something. He's, he's going to lower him onto one of the skyscrapers. But then he, he accidentally. He's like, wow, I could see. Because it plays off like an actual I can actual see my scene. house from here. He's like, oh, look. And, and then that's when. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts back to Carl. Yeah. And he's like. You should try this, Mr. Fredrickson. Look. Don't check around so much, kid. Ah! Oh yeah, I, was like, I have those moments all the freaking time, especially the with the kids. No, where it's like if like we're somewhere, oh. you know, we're doing something, and I can see this playing out in different ways, and I'm like, yeah, nope, I'm not gonna do that. Well, I remember last year when we were in Vegas and we were upstairs and we had the Milo and we're holding him. Yes. Like, I just envisioned, like, no, like, I would stay as close holding him because I feared that somehow I was going to trip or whatever and he was going to fall over the death. edge. Yeah. And I was just like, I know what you mean. Like, but I, you know, I was like, oh, hell no. So I was just like, would stay. I'm like, even though there's no way possible my dumbass would want to be over the edge holding him and trip somehow no i stayed you know but i know what you mean like in those scenarios like you're like oh shit like i, I, I even sometimes now like sometimes when i'm carrying the baby i picture like what if i when i'm walking i crash into this thing like with his head it's i'm like no so i always like it, it's good it, I have to think ahead because then it makes you do things differently is that you what know? you do with your arms <laughs> Like, you like grab him and you're like grab your partner you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm like i'm holding the baby that's a, that's the symbol for holding the baby okay <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so jumping back to where they're at they they's like all right well we need to get down so they're lowering and then they come across these rocks and they're like oh shit like what the hell like he's like those aren't skyscrapers and they realize it because it's coming fast they land and they're, they're like in some weird place and they know they're in paradise falls but they're on the opposite side now here's one question that always bothers me okay carl and russell are standing right there and he sees paradise falls from afar 
So, like, we're going to have to walk there. It's like, oh, it's probably, like, three days worth. But they could clearly see the they're going to follow the edge, right? Mm -hmm. The whole edge looks completely flat. Where's the jungle? They walk through jungles, everything. There's cliffs. Yet, every time, every now and again, we cut to one of those scenes, they're on the edge, and it still looks like a flat plane. So how is it they don't just stay by the edge, walking the whole way? There would be no because jungle. Because they got the same uh, direction as Steven Spielberg in Jurassic Park, where one moment there's a T-Rex paddock, and then next it's a waterfall and it plummets. Yeah. <laughs> like no continuity. No. It, 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 oh, that always bothered me because I was like, why is there jungles? Why are they like really like rock having to hop trees? Like none of that would exist. Like they're just on the rock. I don't know. Because even at night when it's raining and they're sitting there, this is where where we find out that because they're using the house for shelter. It's raining and they have this little thing. Russell is trying to build a tent and he can't because it just basically launches out. Yes. And they're talking, and that's when they mention the thing about, he's like, well, didn't your dad ever, you know, teach you how to build a tent? He's like, oh, no. He, you know, he doesn't have any time. And that's when he mentions, like, oh, my... my it's like, Phyllis says that I bug him too much. And then he's it's like... like you call your mom by her first name? Phyllis isn't my mom. And that's when it hits him, like, oh. oh. It's like, you know, but what... I'm going to say, what kind of bitch would tell a child and be like oh yeah stop calling because you're bugging your dad too much like why the hell like if the kid's wanting a call talk to his dad and then like this this woman who's not no blood to this child is just like you know no you're you're not you stop calling and like that's why like it makes me wonder because is it the dad who has no time or is it this woman who's making it hard for this kid to have time? So then the dad thinks like, oh, my kid never calls. But in reality, he does call. But it's this woman that's that that block between the two. I don't know when it's never answered. But I was just like, it just just bothered me that that this woman would tell this kid, like, you know, stop calling. You know, you're you're bothering you're bothering, you know, you're freaking your father too much. I have a question. When they were when they landed, um, they pointed out that there was there was sand where they were standing. Yeah. Up on those those mountain peaks. But I thought sand was only found at beaches and is made of um, you know, uh, sediment, rocks, shell, you know, and uh, uh you know, other an dead animals cuz there's sand and then there's dirt. So I was like What if, about the desert? Isn't that sand? Is it? Yeah, that is sand because yeah. it's not dirt. Yeah. Because dirt is dirty <laughs> and what? sand is sandy. What the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> if, I mean, if you go outside right now and we put, take a shovel to the ground, we, we have dirt where it's, you know, the texture, the, the, the look, the taste, it's different. Yeah. Don't eat dirt. Um, and then you go, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to eat dirt. Why are you talking? And me? then you go to the beach, and the, the sand, you know, it feels different. You know, it um, when wet, it it's different. Yeah. You know, when it gets in your sandwich, it tastes different. <laughs> okay. No matter what, how hard you try, you always get sand in your mouth. Yeah, especially in your food. And it's really grainy. 
God, I hate, hate when it gets right away. When I taste the sand, like when I bite a sandwich, it gives me a headache automatically. Like I hate. But do you get headaches when you eat dirt? No. <laughs> yeah, I don't eat dirt. <laughs> but if I'm outside, I'm not going to get dirt all over the place. But sand, you get sand everywhere. It gets up in your crack. You know, that's why sand, your vagina. That, 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 that's why they make that like, like, oh, you know, you're telling me Luke Skywalker was on tattooing this whole time and Darth Vader never found him. Like, what the hell? And it's because, oh, he makes that stupid line. Like, I hate sand. It's all coarse and gets all over the place. That's how they try to play it off that. That's why Darth Vader never went to Tatooine to look for Luke Skywalker or, or Obi-Wan because he hates sand. So I'm like, I'm not going to go to that planet. It's a sand planet. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating. And it gets everywhere. So, yeah. I don't know what, what we're... Yeah, sand is up there, okay. I guess. Okay, I guess there's sand. Yeah. I, I wrote down <laughs> that there's, there's sand. I, I put that in my notes. Sand comes from beaches. So why is there sand there and not dirt? Shouldn't it be dirt? Plants don't grow in sand. They grow in dirt. Yeah, maybe maybe Russell messed up because it's Russell. You know, and they get there and they, they start traveling through their adventure. And then that's when we're introduced to some new characters. And I have a question about these characters, which okay. later, I mean, we do see more of what I was into. What? Anyways. Okay. So the first dogs we're introduced to. Yeah. Look like purebreds. Okay. We got a Rottweiler, an yeah. English Bulldog, mm -hmm. and a Doberman. Exactly. Munts has been living in Paradise Falls for decades at this point. Yes. How does he have purebred dogs after decades of living on this island? One of them specifically being an English bulldog, a breed that is 100% artificial. Um, uh, I mean, there's other bully breeds that you can breed the old-fashioned way, but English bulldogs have to be artificially inseminated and need to have C-sections. So how the hell is our English bulldogs on this island with months unless he's over there in his spare time jacking off bulldogs <laughs> and impregnating other ones and then performing c-sections to well, have bulldogs my question... and then we don't see any other purebreds in the rest of the movie and when we do the rest of the dogs we see look like mutts like what you would expect from a bunch of loose dogs that are keep breeding with each other yeah so we got four purebreds on the island, and the rest of them are mutts. Well, my question was, how the hell did he have so many dogs with him? Because none that, of them are fixed. You know, like, well, That's, I guess... that It makes sense for him to have that many dogs. Because a, a, a dog could have how many litters in a year? Yeah, I guess so. And every litter... I guess because I play off because it's like, they, they seem like he takes male dogs. You know, so they play it off like there's not one female dog. You there. we you think they're male dogs because the four dogs with the voice recorders are yeah, male voices. Yeah, and that's probably why. But here's the thing: look at all the dogs. All the dogs. I saw just... no balls. <laughs> yeah, they exactly. Robin girls. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, all the dogs you just pointed out that minus the English bulldog, they basically all look the same. Yet Except there's for not... the Doberman, the Rottweiler, the Lab, and the Bulldog. But we got four purebreds least... and mutts. Like, how does not one, no one looks like Doug. Doug is the only one that looks like a freaking... Lab. Yeah, he's like his own... No, Golden Retriever. Yeah, his own freaking style dog. It's like, what the hell? Like, how did he... That's what I just said. Like, yeah, we got how? four purebred dogs and the rest of them are mutts. It's like, I, that, that, that's, that bothered me. Like, how the hell did he have 
these dogs. There's no way unless he actually leaves every now and again to go get more and he comes back. But no, it's it's made to seem like he's he's not going home. He's until a crazy recluse. He gets that freaking bird. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, and he built these contraptions that gets the dogs to talk. Like he should just say, F the bird, go back and be like, look, I made something that will make your dogs talk. Right? And now you would be rich off of that. He would. Seriously. Like, I or want... he has, he, he has a dog that could cook. Yeah. He does have a, do- a dog. Epsilon could... he... makes a fantastic cherries jubilee. And hot dog. Oh, oh hot dog. <laughs> Well, he did make a hot dog for Russell, though. Russell never got to eat it because the goddamn dogs ate what it. What is this hot dog made out of? I didn't see no cows on this island. Yeah. Wait, what? No, well, hot dogs are made out of a bunch of garbage mixed together. Okay. I didn't see any other animals on That's this island. That's true. Uh, at this point, we don't know what animals are there or anything. He just has a bunch of dogs. I guess it's a vegan hot dog. Yeah, probably. You know, a soy rizzo dog. <laughs> so... When they're walking through the forest, they we see these dogs chasing this bird that was not introduced yet because the bird is just going off fast and it gets away. So they're trying to get this bird and then that's when it goes away. And then Russell ends up, because of chocolate, the bird. I have a note relating to that. Okay. So Russell, right before he meets Kevin, he puts down his backpack, grabs a shovel and says he has he's going to go use the restroom. Yeah. He goes, he buries his poop. And then, out of nowhere, has a giant chocolate bar in his hand. Where the hell was this chocolate bar? Because he left his backpack and walked away to bury a turd and suddenly emerges a chocolate bar? A huge chocolate bar that would have not stayed intact had it been in his pocket. It would have melted. And the chocolate bar that size would not have fit in his pocket to begin with. Where the hell did the chocolate bar come from? He had it under his hat. I don't know. I never really caught that. I thought he took it out of his bag. We, He put his bag down and took only the shovel. He did. He's he, not, he wasn't like, oh, I need this chocolate bar for when I'm crapping. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and then that's when Kevin comes out. And he's like, he's like, oh, Kevin, you know, or he names it Kevin. Yes. And he's like, can we keep the bird? Because this is one of the Why mo- is he asking Carl for permission? He's I not going to go live with Carl when they get back from Paradise Falls. This is not his like his, his guardian, his parent. Why is he asking him for permission to keep the bird? Yeah, I, I, I never understood that. Because then once Doug comes into the picture, he does the exact same thing. Can we keep him? Can we but keep him? But not just that. He also says, uh, I'm not allowed to have dogs in my apartment. So you're not allowed to have dogs in your apartment, but you want to take a gargantuan bird to your apartment? Yeah, that's true. Kids. Maybe they're allowed birds. Kids. Kids. Yeah. And it's just like. Because bird is a word. <laughs> so, yeah. So, at that point, we learn about this, the whole bird thing. Well, at first, it's cool because they hear a voice when when Kevin yeah. gets frightened off. You know, and that oh, that's when the rainy scene happens because it happens when they already have Doug and and um, Kevin. But when they first hear Kevin, they hear a voice and they think like, oh, there's someone else here, and they see this rock formation. They don't know it's a rock it looks formation. Like the silhouette of, a, of person, a person of a man. As they start walking, they realize it's like just some rocks, like the way yeah. they were shaped, and it was the the perspective from where they were standing made it look like the silhouette of a man, but there was no man there. And that's when Doug comes out. He's like, yes. hi. He's like, I am Doug. You are my masters. And this, now the way he talks, I that love That dog has no loyalty. 
That dog has only known months his whole life and just flipped on him and was like, oh, fuck this guy. Yeah. I'm going to go with this old guy instead. <laughs> That's true. Well, it, it, maybe it could be because they treat him like crap. The other dogs. But they're, the other dogs aren't his master. Munts is his master. That's true. He had no loyalty to his master. Why? why did, yeah, you're right. Why the hell did he flip like that right away? Yeah, he's a, a bad dog. He is a bad dog. F dog, the dog man. And, and 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 golden retrievers are often used like as service dogs, and yeah. he's he served no service. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, what the hell? You're right. Huh? Well, I don't know. That's freaking freaking dog. And another question: the bulldog when he sees the kid on Doug's little collar monitor thing, he says, "Oh, there's a tiny mailman." If they've been in the forest their whole lives, why? The, how does he know what a mailman is? See, that could give it away that that Munts does leave to go get more dogs. That he does travel away. He has an airship. It would make more sense that he leaves to go get supplies. <laughs> Not that he leaves the island to get more dogs. <laughs> 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 that's so stupid well what I'm I didn't say that he only leaves to get dogs what I meant is he leaves to get stuff like like dogs <laughs> yes he'll get dogs too cause he knows dogs could be they, good the dogs breed naturally he doesn't need to get more dogs his dogs are gonna create more dogs on their own yeah but maybe that's how he got the Doberman the pet bull and the the bulldogs <laughs> The bulldog bull and the bulldogs. The bo the the bulldog and the land the lanyard, where they're they're up there, so whatever. The bulldogs. <laughs> and that's how we artificially inseminate them using bulldogs. <laughs> so, it, it um Carl just wants to get to over there. There the the house is starting to lose some balloons, so he's like, we gotta pull it over there. Before it finally rests. Mm -hmm. And the whole time Kevin. I mean uh, Russell's like we gotta help Kevin. He has his babies. And he's like god damn it. Like he doesn't want to do anything to help. And then that's when they freaking. Uh, they contact these dogs. They contact Doug. And Doug, he's like oh yeah I have the bird. He's with me. And So they go and search for freaking. You know Doug. And when they show up the other dogs are there. And they freak them out. And they're like. You need to come with us because they're mean dogs. They're like, God damn it. So there they go walking and all these dogs out of never come out. And then that's when they see the airship and Munts introduces himself. I always wondered why the dog's voices sounded the way they did. Because Munts, we've already established that that documentary uh, was shown probably sometimes in the, sometime in the 40s, which means it was shot before then. So Munts, and his technology is coming somewhere like between the 40s. You know, he's, I'm assuming that's where he, because his, his supplies and everything is from the 40s, from when he disappears with the spirit of adventure. Yeah. So I figured like their voices should have sounded more like the robots in the Black Hole movie. Where, you know, Doug sounds like a dumb man. And then the Rottweilers, this African-American man. And then the the Doberman, you know, when the voice isn't glitching, is also a, like a deep voiced man. Like, 
None of the voices sounded ro- even well, a little it, bit the, robotic. No, the Dobro, felt, like, when it's sh- broken, it kind of sounds like a... Like the cat from, from Cusco? From Yzma when she turns into a cat? I was thinking that when you're watching that one show, the, the mask show the unmasked the mask, singer the unmasked when they're talking because <laughs> I mean, at the end one of them has to put on a mask of shame because they suck at singing the mask singer <laughs> that's what they sound like when they're talking they're yeah. like you know or like an, an upset chipmunk or something like that but happy chipmunks don't sound like that <laughs> whatever and yeah i don't know i don't know why they the, the voices sound the bulldog kind of sounds like he's like a little dumb or whatever, like because like you like Siri for instance. When we talk to Siri and she talks back, I mean it doesn't. It's not exactly like like I am a robot. Yes, mask. No, but she does sound, you know, robotic. She doesn't sound exactly human. Oh, and these dogs and these have dogs, like a human. Yes, they're just completely anthropomorphized. Except for Doug, because Doug does have like a. He sounds dumb. He sounds like Kevin from The Office. There you go. That should have been Kevin instead of Doug. You are my master. You are my friend now. I made you a pot of chili. (laughs) I guess so. So they meet Munts and they're going in. He's like, hey. And then that's when Carl realized like, holy hell, you're Munts because he's a fan. And then that's why like, that's where it made me question like, how old is Carl? How old is Munts? Because they're an old man. Munts hung out with President Roosevelt. He did. So that's got to tell us something. Yeah, or is that a lie? He's just saying that he did. But he's going in and he's showing them all his skeletons. He's like, well, I got this and here I that's got this. That's why I don't believe it's a lie. Because he lived such an impressive life and he did so many real things. Why would he lie about playing cards with President Roosevelt? Yeah, I guess so. That's true. So that's when they, he's like, we're, we're going to have dinner. The dog's going to make dinner. And, Epsilon. Yeah. And then that's when like they're all talking. And he mentions that, oh, I've been here and I've got you know a bunch of people have tried to come. And try to, you know, take it away from me. Try to steal. And... Munts is a murderer. Yeah, because well, that's what I was going to ask. So all these people that come, he kills them, right? Uh, that's my assumption. Because he shows, like, he get, like because that's when... He has all these hats and goggles. When he shows them the skeleton, and yes. that's when freaking Russell goes, Oh, that looks like Kevin! And then that's when Munts turns around like, What? Who? And then that's when Carl's like, Oh, no, 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 we should get going. I don't know why Carl did that. Like, Me honestly, neither. why didn't Carl just be like, he's like, I don't know. It's a stupid bird that we saw that he calls Kevin for some reason. He keeps following us around. Like, at that point. Munt- like, he knew Munts was not going to leave the island until he found one that was alive. So he wasn't going to kill Kevin. I Like, I know that it's not ideal for him to come and take this bird species away. But I didn't think at any point Munts was going to kill the bird. He yeah. needed him alive. And, and, and Carl, Carl knows. He saw the video. He knows what he's after. Carl, like, that's why I don't understand why Carl acts scared and, like, acts like, oh, it's nothing. Like, we should get going. Sorry, you know, we don't want to intrude. We should get he going. He really suspicious. Exactly. Like, that's why, why didn't, like, that Act moment. natural. Ex- or just been told the truth. Because yeah. that, that, it should have been the way he's been the whole time when they were walking where Russell is like, he's like, oh, that looks like Kevin. And then Munts turns out, he's like, what, Kevin? And that's when Carl, he, he, exactly, he would just been like, oh, and it's some, it's this bird. He gave it the name. It's It keeps following us around. And at that point, really, look, oh, can I see this bird? He's like, yeah, come outside. We'll, we'll go out. We'll pro- you'll probably see it. And at that point, boom. But no, the way he acts suspicious makes Munts, like, 
suspicion and be like, oh, they're here to steal my bird. Mm-hmm. And that's why he get they start. So this whole scene, they start chasing him. And that's why I don't understand how the hell this old man can run away so fast from these dogs being chased, jumping around. And it's just like, what the hell? Like, how did they pull this off? Though it is cool. At one point, they jump on Kevin and Kevin chases them away. Yeah. But then Kevin does get injured because the stupid Doberman bites Kevin in the foot. I think the dogs ate the other intruders. You think he feeds very, them to the dogs? Very Hannibal Lecter, yeah. Oh, crap. That is scary. Because the dogs were trying to eat Carl and and um, and Russell. Mm. Yeah, and because that's when he goes, these are my guests. And they, they stopped acting different. Mm. Yeah, you know what? You're, you're right. Okay. I have a question also. Um uh, there's one se- there's a scene where Russell says like oh my dad is so good at camping and and starting fires and throwing rocks and I'm like he did, could he could not set up a tent yeah and he told Carl that his dad didn't have time to go camping with him which is why he's never learned to set up a tent but he said his dad is good at camping and set and you know starting fires and all this stuff how does he know his dad's good at that stuff if he hasn't done that stuff with his dad I was going to uh, first I was going to say maybe he did this earlier in his life or his dad always promises him like oh yeah I do this and we'll we'll do this but he never has the time I don't know, I felt him. like there were subtle inconsistencies with like um yeah when he would talk because at this point when they get away they that's when you know the the birds hurt Russell helps heal this bird and the babies are crying so that's when Carl is like you know what, I'll help and they finally start to help and they go and they take, you know, freaking what's her Kevin. They find out Kevin's a girl. They take Kevin to her babies. But at that point, months because of Doug, follows them and captures this he, bird because of the tracking monitor. Yeah, and then usually Kevin can run away fast, but because Kevin is injured, mm-hmm. that's how they were able to capture Kevin. So at that point, they take Kevin, and that's it. And Russell's pissed off at Carl because he's like, you. Because he didn't want to help. Yeah, because she just she gave he gave them. Kevin. But it was because at this point, months throw something to set the house on fire. Yeah. And the balloons are starting to pop. Mm-hmm. So he has to decide, help Kevin or or save my house. So obviously... Well, it's not just the house. I mean, the house is the last thing. His last collect connection to Ellie, he doesn't have closure yet. And he's not ready to say goodbye to her, which is why he prioritized the house of over course. saving this bird. In which, you know, I would too. So he goes over there and that's why Russell gets pissed off when they take off. Yeah. They didn't help. So they finally, they get they get the house to the Paradise Falls area. And then that's when he's sitting there and he that's when he discovers the book. And he sees all of that and he realizes, yeah, Ellie left all that for him. And then he knows what he needs to do. And he like, he has a change of heart. So at that point... If he would have looked at the scrapbook in the hospital when she gave it to him, would he have ever tried to go to Paradise Falls? Or the moment he was in court and they told him to go to the old folks home, he was like, yeah, I'm just going to go to the old folks home. Probably. His life would have probably been completely different because he would have, yeah, he probably would have had closure by then, I guess, maybe. You know, yeah, because it's one of those where like, if only, if only, because like I said, if Russell did not knock, that would you know he would have never been in this situation here but you know he did have a change of heart so when he goes outside russell stole a bunch of balloons 
and he freaking takes off to go save the day with yes. the air the the leaf Balloons blower and the leaf blower. So he flies off, and then he needs to get the house to get up. Yeah. So he starts pushing everything off. Which I call BS because how many I've I've moved so many times in my life and it is an all day process to empty out a house again and he did it all by himself. This old in man, like two minutes. And then wh- why is it that the fridge is the only thing that's keeping this house down? The final because thing. That's the moment he down. pushes that fridge out, the house whoosh, starts to lift Just up. Zooming. So. Russell gets to the 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 Zeppelin first. Yes. He gets in and he's going to try to save Kevin, but what happens? He gets caught. He gets caught and somehow, I don't know how the hell these dogs tie up Russell with rope they in have a no chair. They have no opposable thumbs. Exactly. How because months shows up, and he's like, "Oh, we got the mail, man." He shows up, opens the door, and there's Russell. And again, there's months being an evil bastard, leaves him on this like freaking conveyor belt type like the, no, the walk the, the walk right the, the where you get off mm-hmm. and he, he opens it so he's just gonna slide off to his death yep that's when you know there goes freaking you know uh carl to go save the day on yeah. on the plane and he takes obviously freaking... harrison ford right now the way he is now like super old and ancient yeah would make a good live action carl he would but he's just too tall i feel because Carl comes off really short. Well, I mean, if if your head was a little more square and you had hair, you would be perfect for the role because you're a very short man. Mm-hmm. I would probably make a good Carl. You would. Yeah. You use chairlifts. You hate walking. Picnics. Chairless. Little Asian kids. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so he go, they go after he tries to save the day in which... He he get he's able to get in. They have this whole adventure in which here's the part where you need the refresh of what happens because this is where I was so excited. I need it or they need it. They do you you need to give the refresher because I was falling you, asleep. You the audience needs it. Well yeah. So you need to tell what happens once Carl takes off because I was starting to fall asleep, so I don't remember what exactly was the order of everything. I just know that how did they tie up, you know, the thing and then Carl is on there, and I don't know how buff he is because he's able to hold his weight. He's yeah. climbing ladders. Mm-hmm. He's freaking. He's fighting off this old man with the swords, and and I, the part I like is when they both lift the swords so, and, and their they're like, go out. <laughs> they're like, "Ow!" You could totally relate, huh? Honey? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, "Oh crap!" And then um, I I like that part, and I like also that too when he he hits him in the head with the with his like cane stick thingy with the and tennis it ball ricochets off of Monster's head and hits his own face yeah that was really funny and then they also use the ball to get away because they throw the, the ball to, yeah to, to as a diversion and then the dogs with go the dogs they get, get it the and then they lock them out you know so that was mm-hmm. I like that and then that's, and that's when he unties um, Russell and he tells him like you know go to the house or something like that yeah and he's like I want to help he's like I want you safe <laughs> yeah oh, okay so yeah so they they end up going to the house and they're they're actually trying to go in the house but months is there he start oh she he got the, the gun and he starts shooting at him uh-huh. and and at this point when they're in the house months is going there and Kevin mm-hmm. freaking gets Russell and Doug and no. Uh, Carl yells at, at Russell and tells him, hold on to Kevin. 
Oh, yeah. And that's when he, like, uses the chocolate as bait to get Kevin to run and propel Doug and Russell out of the house, leaving um, months still in the house and essentially falling to his death. Yeah, because somehow some balloons get tangled to him and he falls. Yes. And that's where another Disney death that caught him. Because Beauty and the Beast has a similar death. Beauty and the, there, there's, like, a, you could Google um, Disney villains who fall to their deaths. Yeah. Because there's many of them that die that way. Because, again, Disney does not like to show blood. Exactly. So... Like, I think Maleficent is on that list. Um, the evil queen from Snow White is on that list. I know Clayton in Tarzan. He chokes, but we do see him falling before he hang- he gets hung by the vines. Mm, yeah, So that right. was a, a falling And there, there not isn't there, like, a lightning that happens and his shadow is hanging yes right? the we bottle, see the silhouette the bottle, of the, the body of the the body yeah hanging there and like little bits within there there's always the squirrel they're yes. always distracted by squirrels but it there i had a uh oh well let's just continue going to the end of the film so that's when they say the day they go away and they're able to go back home that's when it cuts to i guess it looks like it's in the same day because russell still looks he's dirty he's filthy and he's at the freaking ceremony. Yes. And that's when the whole pin happens. We mentioned that earlier. And then that's when Russell comes. I mean, Russell. Uh, Carl shows up. And that's the cool part where. Carl must have spoken to Russell's mom, before, you know, as Russell was heading on stage. Because otherwise, what kind of cruel B-I-T-C-H mother would have sat in the audience and let their son be publicly humiliated for not having his father there to pin him his badge. Exactly. Because she's sitting there and like excited mm-hmm. with Doug. Yes. You know, so so they must have had a talk. And that's when he tells him, you know, here you go. The Ellie badge. Like, excuse me, excuse me. Which there is plenty of space on that stage. He could have walked around all those dads. But he wanted to make them all move the hell out of the way. He's an old man. He's, he's old that man. typical like, get out of the way. Move, move, get out of my way. I'm coming through. Mm-hmm. It was one of those type of situations. That's when he gives. He's like, he basically joined the club and he gives her him. Yeah, he gives Herm. That's him. His, that's his pronoun, Herm. <laughs> the Ellie badge. <laughs> and then he just looks and he's like, wow. And then it cuts to a scene from earlier where he mentions, like, they love naming cars. They would go get... Because he does have a memory nope, with... that's not at all what happens. He doesn't name cars. He's like, oh, that one's Betsy. That one's George. <laughs> that one's Raymond. That one's DeRoy. <laughs> that doesn't happen. He well, brings up a memory with his dad where he says like his him and his dad like to go to this ice cream parlor and sit on the curb and count the cars that go by. Yeah. And um, he's like, and I, I know that sounds boring, but it's the boring memories that I remember the most. But so it sounded like a good one, like to go get ice yeah. cream, you know, and it was that like he, he has these fond, positive memories of his father, you know, yeah. um, when things were actually good, when his mom and dad were, were together. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, like, it was cool to see that they're there and they're naming the cars. They're like, yeah, this bu- one's George. Time for the secret word. The word is Ellie Badge. Once again, the words are Ellie Badge. Now back to the podcast. Where they're saying like, oh, there's a blue car. There's a red car. Oh, and this one's blue. And then... I like Doug because Doug goes gray, you know, because he's, you know, they're supposed to be colorblind, you know. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. So he goes gray, you know, because he's, that's all he's going to see is gray cars. That's funny. But it's cool when it pulls out, you see the Zeppelin on top. And I remember after I saw this movie, like, I was like, dude, this movie's amazing. I thought it was a great film. And I had a coworker at work who, like, 
loved, like, he was big about film. So we always talked movies when we would work shipment, when they would come in. And he'd talk about, oh, man, I love Toy Story. It's my favorite Pixar film and this and that. And then when this movie came out, he's like, yeah, I, he's like, I hate Up. I'm like, why? I thought you would love it, man. It's such a great film. He's like, yeah, I think it's too fake. I'm a dog's flying planes. It's like, it's so dumb. I'm like, really? But you, is... you, I'm like, you could... But it's okay that toys come alive when people leave the room. Like, and I just I started throwing all these other examples of like, oh yeah, and then you know ants are walking around with these circus, you know, uh, bugs and blah blah blah. And he's just like, no, nah, it's just it's still too fake. I just can't take a. I was like, because it's supposed to be set in reality. I get. I was like, ah, whatever. And he used to bug me when he would say that that movie was. He hated that movie because it was too fake. So I was that's like, funny. That? You know, but it's cool because the final shot of that movie, because. The house floats away, and he sees it, and he just lets it go. Like so, that's him. That's kind of his closure. You know, like okay, like there you go, Allie. There goes the house. Yeah. Not realizing that the house landed on Paradise Falls, so where he where she wanted the house to be. When well, she was... we don't know. He doesn't finally see that because when when they he finally takes off in in the Zeppelin. The, he could have looked back and have seen that it was there. They could have flown by. He could have flown right over it. Yeah, but we're we're made to believe that at that moment, you know. So yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I guess I guess not. Um, but yeah, and then so that's a cool little thing. Just but when see. they got back, nobody had reported uh, Russell missing. He was a little boy, and they were gone overnight, at least one night. Could have been two. Yeah. But at least one night, and. He was not reported missing. Yeah. Like the not... moment he gets back, he gets to go to his little assembly thing and, and like Carl um, unless, get charged with kidnapping. Unless he was with the wilderness. So his mother knows he's going to be gone for the night. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, we... you're right. Because you would be like, where the hell's Owen? He's gone. He didn't come home. He was out trying to and help And then he comes people. home all disheveled with an old man. Yeah. And the mom's just clapping. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? But wait a minute. What's gonna happen to Carl? He he didn't he by court order, he had to go to that Shady Acres. So did he break probation? You know what? I don't think it was court order that he that he that he had to go to Shady Acres, but I think it was he needed to leave that the house. So it's like either sell the house or go to jail. Um, maybe. Yeah, because he assaulted someone and he had a court summons. So I mean, like I said, they did something that made him have to. Leave or maybe the, house. the people were like, "We won't press charges if you sell the house," and Shady Acres was just his only other alternative because he doesn't have any yeah, other well, that, friends. Yeah, well, that's what I said earlier that they're gonna live. press charges, or that's why you could do jail time, mm -hmm. or just give us the house. Yeah. <gasps> so he's like, "All right." So we don't know where he actually ends up moving. We just know that he does continue to live life um, once he leaves. But what sucks is that now this is this father figure to to Russell. Who he's going to lose at some time because he's exactly. already an old man. Because he's already an old man. So he could lose him in a year or two. Yeah. And Russell already is going to be like, God, I just lost my twice. dad. And now, yeah. And there's this poster that I've seen, a, a fake poster. It's called Down. And it's Russell Sad. Doug sat and then you're looking up from like a grave and it says down like it's your <laughs> I know I was like well I gotta find it I'll post it too but yeah so there you have it ladies and gentlemen a very very detailed and in 
this just happens to be a coincidence and we are not sponsored or have any connection to loot crate but this month um i know they they're they're like have you can get 30 percent off because of black friday i don't know how long that promotion lasts but they're doing like an adventure box mm. and it's gonna have products from different adventure movies willy wonka up um I forget what the other two movies were. Willy Wonka is not really an adventure film, would it be? I don't know. Well, it was it, it was in there, but it's supposed to. They're gonna. It's gonna. Ha- there's gonna be an up product in that adventure themed loot crate DX box. That's cool. Well, you should you should tell them about our our weird, not weird, but like cool little coincidence when it comes to our ornaments that are up. Uh, Disney has like these uh, these storybook ornament collections and they come out with new ones every year. Last year, you know, you and I moved in together officially into our own place by ourselves uh, with just the kids because um, you were living with your 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 parents and I was, you know, basically um, sharing the apartment with my mom. Um, but we were, you know, my mom and I, we were more like roommates because... I paid half the bills. Yeah. So um, we finally moved into our own place together. And last year, it just so happened that the Disney sketchbook ornament collection came out with the Carl and Ellie on the mailbox. Yeah. So I bought that ornament because I, I, I love the movie and I do collect or, um, up Funkos and, and other such things. And this year... The sketchbook collection came out with Carl and Ellie at the altar where they get married. And this year we got married. Yeah. So it's like, it's just like really cool. And I was like, holy crap. It was a nice little coincidence. Yeah. Just to have like our two ornaments really the same time related to exactly what was going on in our our lives. lives. So I, I, I thought that was really cool. So yeah. So up, ladies and gentlemen. So if you, I mean, chances are you've seen it. But if not, Disney Plus, you can watch it there if you have Disney Plus. Um, oh, and at the very end, we we forgot to look it up. If you have a DVD or in the very end, when you watch the credits, there's a bunch of pictures. But yes, because they continue, he, he continues scrapbooking. So we see that Carl, after um, they go back to civilization... They go on picnics. Mm-hmm. Um, we do see that a lot of the dogs that were Muntz's dogs, it looks like they're therapy dogs because there's a picture where they're like with other people. Oh, they're with old people out mm-hmm. of retirement homes or, or then, Shady Acres. Yeah. And then we also see that they go camping and we also see them outside of a movie theater. And with and there's an old like movie ticket stub and on the... Uh, the marquee. The marquee, it says Star Wars. But did it always say Star Wars? That's why I don't like, remember I'm ever if that was you know added added because Disney or Plus edited. does that they add things you know, or because remove Mandalorian things. is so huge right now like I'm curious if they changed it, it all, to Star Wars like because maybe... they own Disney now yeah like did they or did add... it say Toy Story before yeah I'm wondering that's why like we didn't check the DVD we have the Blu-ray and the DVD so we could have easily looked but we just didn't Carl becomes a troop leader they play they go to bingo nights um, and. Russell also teaches Carl how to use a computer, and the mouse looks like uh, like an Apple mouse. Yeah, and the chances are, I mean, come on, like, while Pixar was started originally by Jobs, yeah, so it probably was supposed to mimicking an Apple Apple product. computer. Yeah, so you know, I mean, I don't know. All in all, that movie is it's it's a great. I love that film. movie. I, I I know we pointed out a lot of things, but at the end of the day, it's fiction. 
It's fantasy. If you've listened to our show, and if you checked out like early episodes when I talk about Back to the Future, it's my favorite 80s movie of all time. I constantly point out things that are just wrong with that movie. You know, it just doesn't mean you hate the film. But I've done that with so many movies. That's how the show is always is. And even if you listen now with me and Freddie, I love a film, but I always point out things that, you know, it's just fun to bring up questions. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, well, let's give you song of the week. So song of the week this week, I wanted to give you something uh, that was just secret word, banana sandwich. No, the secret word would be thrown somewhere in the middle. I'll just add it later. Though, <laughs> though they probably heard it by now. But the song of the week, it, it's just like to theme it, to end this adventure series. I wanted to give you something, especially with what's what's going on right now. It's a song that was very much inspired by the the book Ready Player One. Not the film, but the actual book. And the book just came out, Ready Player Two, and I just finished the audiobook today. And I I still loved it. I'm you know I'm waiting for my love over here to read it because she read the first one also with me and we the old fashioned way like with the paper. Yeah, book she actually read hands. it. I do audio. I listen to it and uh, uh, read by Will Wheaton. Well, there's this band that I I really love and it's so much in theme with like 80s uh, synth pop, new wave, you know, just everything. They're called Gunship and they have this song and it's called Artemis and Parzival. Named after the two characters, main characters in the, the they're story. avatars. Yeah, they're avatars. Yeah, it's Samantha and Wade, and that's their avatars in the Oasis. And this song, the music video, is actually very much done to look like the. It's more based off of the book Ready Player One. So I wanted to give you that song. It's called Artemis versus Parzival. Also, too, because it's very much such a love song. The video shows the love between. Artemis and Parzival, hence the name of the song. And this movie had such an amazing love story. It's always seen like as a love story, yet it's only in the very beginning. But you see Carl always still having his love for Ellie because he wants to do this dream for her to get her his her house or their house to Paradise Falls. So I wanted to give you a song. It's cl- For me, I felt like it was closure for him that was taking him to Paradise Falls. Yeah. I mean, yes, he loves her, but I feel like in a sense, he feels like he failed her in their in their relationship because they were never able to have kids. So instead of having kids, he was going to take her to this place he promised to take her to as a child. And then she died and that, that you know promise was unfulfilled. So this was him fulfilling a promise he ne- that he'd never established in life with her so that he can have closure. Yeah. Because she didn't need the closure. She's already dead. Hmm. That's true. So this was all done for self, for him. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, I like that. And you know what? Since they went to go back to get the dogs, you know he went to drive by to see if maybe he found the house. So you know he saw the house. So he did. Well, I don't think he drove because there was no road there. You still drive. You still drive the Zeppelin. They steered. They steer. You could drive it. Navigate. You could drive it. Is it still driving? I'm driving a boat. I'm driving a plane. Well, I guess it would be. He was flying the Zeppelin. No, he wasn't driving. Whatever. Driving is driving. Driving is driving. You drive me crazy. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Anyways, back to song of the week. So that's the song that I'm going to give you by the band Gunship. The song is called Artemis and Parzival. Uh, Hopefully I could post the video because I got dinged on the last song of the week for Dare. But yeah, so 
enjoy it ladies and gentlemen all right well there you have it that's the end of our adventure series hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode it was fun you know trying to debate a bet about it was a roller coaster of emotions yes you know up and down you know hat up you know looking for kevin figuring out these purebred dogs but i think it's time that we get into that delorean and travel back to the future it was the bulldogs
This has been a Brothers Bear Network production.